Welcome to the Dr. Gill Show. This is where we talk about medical matters that matter to you. My guest today is Dr. Byron Bus Tarbus. Welcome to the show, Bus. Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me here. What a pleasure it is to have you here. Bus is an orthopedic surgeon. He's a fellowship-trained sports medicine specialist, and he happens to be the team physician for the University of Missouri wrestling team. Yeah, that's correct. Ranked fifth in the country at the at the end of this year. Yes. Well, that's fantastic. I know one of your colleagues was uh, the orthopedic surgeon for the uh, women's uh, so- Olympic soccer team. Yep. Um, when Pat Smith was doing my shoulder, his phone kept ringing. I remember a, a gymnast blew out a, a tendon, and a football guy heard is this or blah blah blah. So you're in a, a very busy group of uh, great orthopedic uh, surgeons and sports medicine specialists, and it's a real Pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Today we're going to be talking about injuries of the knee. And, you know, in football you hear about you know, career-ending injuries. or I think, correct me if I'm wrong, the number one injury that professional football players and other sports people fear is the dreaded knee injury. Yeah, sure. I mean, when you're a high-level elite athlete trying to compete at, at that level, Torn ligament in the knee or a meniscal tear in the knee can slow you down. Even at, at that level of, of professional athletes, uh, you know, a, a tenth off of your forty time or, or able to cut and, and react can mean yeah. you know, playing or not. So that's a big deal. Yeah, it's an incredible joint. It bends. Yes, it does. This way, it's a hinge joint. Yes, and it doesn't want to bend this way. That's correct. So vulnerable. Yeah, it has these, and we'll go into the anatomy in a little more detail. I mean, it's got these ligaments that cross, Latin for cruciate, That's correct. to cross, that somehow I'll keep the knee stable and allow it to bend at the same time. Yeah. It's just amazing. Then you've got these, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have these cushioning areas of cartilage, of meniscus, and uh, these cartilage layers and these fluid layers. And then you have these tendons or, or ligaments around the knee yeah. that keep it stable. You've got a patella in front of it, this enormous quadricep tendon patella that goes over it. So it's very strong, has to do a lot of things, yet is incredibly fragile if pushed in the wrong direction. But it's necessary, right? To, right. To locomote around. Right, right. So everybody with two legs uh, needs a good knee. So tell me, what are the most common knee injuries that you, that you see in your practice? You know, I think uh, I'm a sports medicine trained physician, so I don't do the, the, the total knee surgeries. I have my partners who do that. But I, I'll see anything from, you know, the pediatric injuries. You know, sometimes you get some, some uh, you know, the, the growing pains that, that a young pediatric uh, athlete would have uh, up to, as you, as you nicely described in the opening here, the anatomy of the knee from the articular cartilage, the meniscal cartilage, you know, the ligaments that surround and protect the knee and up to the, the muscular structures around the knee that can help uh, you know, make the knee move. So. Well, I guess let, let's go in order of, of age. So you say like a, a, a young person in the early teens, or, or did you, you say pediatric? Do you yeah. see injuries in, in children? Yeah, sure, sure do. You know, we see, you know, a lot of the, the younger injuries, you know, if it's, you know, fell off a bike or I was in, in a dance class and I overdid it. You know, uh-huh. we see a bunch of young teenage, you know, athletes that, that uh, can get hurt, can overdo it a little bit. Um, and, and so those, a lot of times those, those younger injuries, although we can have those torn ligaments, uh, you know, like the ACL and, and those other structures in, in young kids that are 10 and under too. I mean, it's a horrible injury to have, um, but sometimes we need to address that if, trampoline or you know oh, motorcycle right. accidents you know i've had you know had a kid that crashes uh was on his dad's uh you know motocross cycle as a young kid right. from uh was fulton 13 year old or so <laughs> crashes uh dad's motorcycle that oh. little, little motorbike um, and uh, tore up his knee towards meniscus uh, towards acl and uh, we had to you know come back to a couple stages surgery to, to fix him and wow. he's done well and moved on so yeah Wow. So as a child, so I, do I assume that if a child has a knee injury, it's going to hurt? Yeah, 
Good. So what types of pain or discomfort should alert, let's say, a parent to their child? Gee, you might think my kid's got a knee injury. You know, I think kids uh, in particular are pretty robust, and, and most kids bounce back. And, and I think when you see young young kids that you know, may have fallen on the playground or you know fell roller skating or on the skateboard, um, and they can have injuries of the knee. Now, what we worry about is some of those younger ones if they're truly a high mechanism injury. What does that mean? Well, if you know fall from a, a height or running fast, and, and you know as we talked earlier about maybe some football type injuries where you get you get hit and, and the knee bends in the wrong direction. Mm. The kids can have those problems as well. Sometimes, though, in, in kids, and we can go through the anatomy a little bit, you, you can have not only you know, ligament injuries, you can have fractures that occur. Um, sometimes the bone may, may release before the ligament does. And so you can get injuries that are more like an ACL injury, but it's, it's, it's called a, a tibial spine uh, a fracture that we have to repair. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Well, let's start, let's start simple, Russ. You've got a kid and knee is hurting. Is, is it going to swell a little bit? Is it going to yeah, a particular so, motion going to hurt? What's going to alert, let's say, a parent that gee, I should take my child. I mean, they may hear sports medicine, but you're going to be able to handle any yeah. knee injury pretty much. So when should they bring a kid, their kid, to you, boss? Well, as kind of talked about, I think kids are pretty resilient. So if if the child is complaining excessively and, and not walking on a leg. And not walking because their knee hurts, and you know, a parent can e easily assess that. Put your hands on the knee. Is it warm to touch? Is it swollen? You know, compare it to the, the nice thing about the human body. In most cases, there's a comparative side on the other side. Right, a control. Does the injury side look like the okay. non-injury side? And so that becomes pretty easy to do. But put your hands on it. If if the knee doesn't want to move, you know. You, it's a it's a hinge joint. It moves back and forth. If, if mm -hmm. the young pediatric patient doesn't want to move the knee, that's a problem. That needs to be evaluated. Swelling, warmth to touch. Then you worry about fevers and chills and other, you know. And limping, maybe? Limping, for sure. Right, right, right. So, okay, so that's fairly straightforward. And if the kid is being honest and it's not hurting, it's probably, we could probably say it's probably not that bad. Right? Yeah, yeah. And if the kid's okay. you know, walking around, I mean, a lot of those are self-limiting at the really young age, right? And then, okay. then when we get up to, you know, the older athlete or the older person who is now, now maybe in their teens, and now they're, the, the speed at which they run or they, they, they do their activities is much faster than the younger ones. Mm -hmm. And then you get, you know, higher energies that, in those injuries, right? So if a patient is, or a young athlete's playing on the football field at Rockbridge High School, right, and is running pretty fast and stops and turns or gets hit, the in, you know, we, we always think about in orthopedics the amount of energy that's going to go through that joint. It's a, it's an energy thing. Where is that energy going to be displaced? Where yeah. does it, it escape from? Does it cause a, a, a broken bone? Does it cause a, a rupture of the tendon or a rupture of the ligament? Well, that sounds really bad. So maybe we can talk about the severity of injuries. It, what is a strain? So a strain is is when we talk about we can talk about the anatomy. Yeah, please, please uh, go right ahead. Go right ahead. Sorry. So this is a a knee um, a model, um, and okay. you can see that the knee consists of three bones. It has the the femur, which is the thigh bone that we talked about. The femur up here is the which femur. Is the femur, yeah. Okay. And then. The uh, the tibia, which is the the shin bone, okay, and then the small little bone on the outside, the fibula, right, uh, and that makes up the bony anatomy of the, the joint itself. Now there's a, a fourth small sesamoid bone called uh, a patella. The patella, the kneecap. The kneecap, exactly. Gotcha. So that's the the main bony anatomy. Now the inside, you see in, in this model here, you see the the orange structures here. These are ligaments. Well, I'm going to come back and answer your strain question, Bill. Yeah, sure. So ligaments, when what when any two bones come together, we call that a joint. All right. You had fingers in your joint, you know, your, your neck, everything. When two bones come together, that's a joint. How do we stabilize that joint? The joint is stabilized by ligaments. Okay. Okay. And one of the first questions you had in your high school anatomy class is, what's the difference between a ligament and a tendon? And a tendon, right. And when I have young... High schoolers in my in my office when I get ready to evaluate, I ask that question, and it's 
Well, what does that mean, right? right. And, and, it, and a ligament stabilizes two bones. Bone the, to bone. The bone to bone. A tendon stable is how a muscle, muscle to bone. A, attaches to the bone. That's the conduit in which the muscle then attaches to the bone. Gotcha. Through the tendon. So that's the... the now, we, now we've given it the first anatomy answer wrong. Good. So a strain. So what is a strain, so a strain on then, one of these structures? A strain then is the an injury to the tendon. To a tendon, mm -hmm. not a ligament. No. A strain is an injury to the tendon. Gotcha. A strain is an injury to the ligament. Ah, now would this be like a small tear? Well, it can be. Or it can be just a stretch. You know, when or you a sprain, stretch. When you sprain your ankle, you know, you get, uh, you sprain those ligaments in the ankle. A sprain of the knee can can stretch those ligaments. Okay, so maybe micro tears or sure. some type of injuries. Yeah. Okay, yeah. is this okay? And that's so a I've sprain. Something so already. a strain is injury to the tendon. A sprain is injury to the ligament. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, then we get into actual tears. Yeah. Right. And any of these ligaments you can tear. Yeah. So when when we go through and in, in the other structure that we. Miss talked is inside between the thigh and the, and the tibia is the is the meniscus. That's the cartilage. When you hear about athletes tearing the cartilage, they miss uh, miss the game because they got a torn cartilage. So it's the meniscus. It's the meniscus. So it's kind of sandwiched in there. It's yeah, and you kind can of see, cushion between you see them. here that it's it's yeah it's a cushion and it's really and the meniscus has a couple functions. One of which it's a shock absorber. Ah. It, it prevents you know. It helps with shock absorption of the knee. Okay. As well as it also provides some stability to the knee. So ah. let's go back to the definition of a joint where two bones come together. The function of the ligaments right. stabilize the joint. Now, there's four major ligaments in the knee. Tell me. There's the, the MCL, the medial collateral ligament, the one on the inside the of the knee. Inside of the knee. The LCL, the one on the outside, the lateral collateral. And was that like kind of controversial whether it was there or not? Or have they always known? It's always been it? there. There's some newer literature out about some other ligaments that they're now starting uh, to see um, in the knee. The oh, 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 but the MCL, I'm saying, that one is, isn't that attached like in three places or something? Is that it, why it doesn't move as much? Is it's that just, it's, it, it's attached in two mainly. Okay. On, the, on the medial femoral condyle and then down on the, on the tibial, down, down below here. But there's something now, about the MCL, right, that makes it more vulnerable? It's, it's, it's got several layers, but okay. it's just, the, I think, the anatomy of the knee that, that just the function and the way injuries occur. Okay. Now, the, the cruciate ligaments okay. stabilize, um, and so what are ligaments? So the cruciate ligaments are the two in the middle, and you, you described that earlier. And the cross. Yeah, the cross, cruciate. Yeah, so if I take a knee and, and, I, and I grab, if you can see this here, so here's the, the medial collateral ligament. If I take okay. the foot, examine the knee, and I pull it out, oh. you kind of see it stretch. Right. Right. If I take the foot and I pull it in, you can see this, this side. That side so, stretches. Yeah. Now the, the cruciate ligaments, so the collateral ligaments side to side bend. Right. The cruciate ligaments prevent front to back. Uh, so if you're going along and you hit a you hit a, a rock or a tree yeah. stump skiing, you're gonna something's gonna or happen. You stop. You plant your foot in basketball. Or the or the you know we have athletes. will just recently took care of a Missouri athlete that that came down on his knee and hit in a way in which drove the tibia backwards. Ah, uh, and, and it we tore the, the posterior. posterior. Yeah, well, you know a lot of times we'll see that in in, in high trauma. You know, vehicular trauma, uh, sit in the, in, drive the car, hit the dashboard, head on collision, okay. and the knee hits the dashboard, the, uh, the tibia gets driven back, and we tear the ligament there. Tears the posterior yeah. cruciate. Yeah. So, so you can get injuries to all these things, and an actual tear of the ligament. Now, I assume you can have partial tears and complete yeah, tears? for sure. For sure. So how do you determine what to do with a partial tear? Well, that's, that's uh, you know, up to us to decide as we examine the patient. Uh huh. And, and, and as as you know, there's there's a number of factors to decide how you treat someone based on their activity level, what what they're trying to do. A partial tear, you know, how unstable in this case, how unstable the knee is. But it, you know, we can when we put our hands on our patients and examine them, we can determine how unstable they are. Doctor Smith uses another device that he actually grades that based on a mechanical device. The, the oh, amount of translation, how much the tibia slides forward in, in, in like in an ACL injury, 
how far, how much this comes forward. So you can put a, you can quantify, yeah. put a number on that. Yeah, that's correct. Now we start talking about children, how we all know they can heal better. Yeah. Will a child's ligament generally heal better if it's just torn partially? Uh, it can. Yeah, and and I mean, children always heal better than, than right. adults. Right. I'm just wondering, so, if you're getting old like me, if you get a partial tear, what's the chance that it's going to heal? Well, it can. A lot of times, we can we can brace through. That depends again on on the patient, what their expectation of, and their functionality is, and how how active they are. Are they out mm-hmm. on Hawthorne playing pickleball on you know every night, and, and they're having trouble making those moves and doing those activities, right. and so. Can we treat them? You know, I, the age in an ACL historically, you know, through my twenty plus years and even back through my training, everyone said ACLs need to be reconstructed in seven years. The oldest ACL I've done is seventy six or three, because they were unstable and they were functional. They wanted to play pickleball at Hawthorne. Otherwise, they had good quads, good yes. feet, good yeah. heart and lungs. They, so let's go fix it. That was and, a deserved fixing. Yeah, and so in, in my and in, in I've had a patient. Sometimes if you look on the website, there's a story on our website about one of my patients a long time ago that she showed up a long time ago um, and said that she had been seen by another orthopedic surgeon in the area. Okay. Who said that she's a 40 year old female and her desire was to run an iron an Ironman, right? Um, and, and swim, bike, yeah. run. Very far. <laughs> exactly, right? And she was told by another orthopedic surgeon uh, in the area that she was too old and, and too 40 and too fat to have the case, right? Whatever. Right, right. And I said, no, you're not. Let's go. And uh, so we... Yeah, I, I do that in the OR, too. When people come to me for a second opinion, and frequently we can fix things other people yeah. um, don't feel comfortable working on. And I think that's the, the art of, and the practice of medicine, right? Sure is. It, Let's sit down and have that discussion. Is it going to be easier for her to get through than a six-year-old? Probably not. We're going to have to work a little harder, but we can get you through it. I, I'm not, that doesn't scare me. Age doesn't scare me. We can get you through it. You know, we, we, out, we just have to work harder. You, you have the same experience. Sure. So I ended up taking her to the operating room. I reconstructed her ACL. She now, did you do that through little telescopes? Yeah, yeah. Like in the old days, maybe big, not big so. You have to make big. some big, horrible yeah. Frankenstein scars. Yeah. And those patients stayed, you know, in a cast for several weeks, and and ended up with a stiff knee and a bad outcome. But you now with modern techniques yeah. and experience yeah. can make little holes and do, a and do ama- amazing repairs. Scope about the size of my pen. I can look all right. around on a four K monitor. Right. Who ultimately reconstructed this this patient line, and uh, she ultimately then went and. Uh, Ran her Ironman and, and, wow. uh, and completed it, and uh, good for her, right? So that's very gratifying, Buck. So yeah, yeah. Fantastic. So maybe we should talk about more specific injuries yeah. that you see yeah. daily. Then tell me, what kind of injuries do you see and how do you treat them? You know, I think as we've kind of discussed the anatomy, um, you know, the one that we didn't really talk about here is the, is the patella, the kneecap. The kneecap can dislocate. So another one. Of oh, so, yeah. So everything, right. everything in this in this knee model can tear and can get broken. Mm, it can get, can get out of alignment. So this whole model here is, is something that we can all sit down and reconstruct. So this kneecap can go over. Is there one side it goes to or it can go either side? It, it mainly dislocates or it, it only dislocates laterally. Outwards. 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 And and that can happen. And so you know when that happens, right? Yeah. Do people can you just push it back in? It, it can. If you get there quick enough and and usually with it really any dislocated joint, if we can get there quick enough, we can do it without sedation. We just get there and reduce it. Just do it. <laughs> and, and the patient bite on scream this. bloody murder, and then they go, ah, oh, they, oh. ah the relief. And the relief. I know shoulders are like that too, and right? Shoulder, pop that sucker yeah. back in, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the football player that's down on the side with a discated shoulder is screaming bloody murder until we get there and reduce it. And then it's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So okay. anyway, let's go back to the knee. Okay. So everything in this can be damaged, right? So, let, you know, we, we can talk fractures, you know, Everything sure. in this can be damaged. Someone falls from a height, they can they can break the the femoral side, you know, the thigh side. 
to break the tibial side, you know, the shin bone side. So what happens if you break the bone in, at the joint? That must be horrible. Yeah, sure is, right? Because how can you fix that? Arthritis is, you know, when you eat chicken wings or you eat or you, you trim your turkey on Thanksgiving, right? You take off that leg and that beautiful white articular cartilage cap is absolutely gorgeous. Right. right? But we surgeons notice this, yeah, right. before and we eat it. That's yeah. that's what what the the knee runs on. In fact. You know, the, the, the amount of, when we talk about friction, there's a, remember the coefficient of friction back in your face. Yeah, awesome. lubricity. Yeah, what, what it Slipperiness. Takes, yes. yes. And the, the, the coefficient of friction in a, in a joint is, 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 is lower than anything we can make, manage. It's amazingly low. Yeah. So, Incredibly well developed. If, if the surface gets disrupted through fracture or oh. through breakdown of the articular surface, that increases the friction. So right. when someone breaks this or has a fracture through the joint, that needs to be fixed. And, and we have our fracture guys do that, go into the joint, line line up the joint, and then fix the bone back in there with, with implants and hold it in place. Like a screw or like a, a screw. nail. Okay, yeah, exactly. so, so you're going to nail it or whatever they get, screw that together accurately so you get a smooth surface. Or... to get as smooth as possible. Okay. Yes. Now, we see arthritis in, in the arthroscopy world because what happens in arthritis, we said, is the articular surface actually breaks down. It actually starts absorbing water, which then it softens, and then it starts getting a little shaggy. And so instead of a nice smooth surface, now you got kind of shaggy surface. Okay. And that now becomes that grinding that uh, as we get older, you walk up and down the steps, you feel it. So that's where the nice shiny cartilage has worn down yes. and you've got rough spots now. But what can you do so, about that? Well, that's, we, we'll get there. Yeah. We, we can fix that. Now, you also can tear the, the cartilage. We talked about meniscus tears. The meniscus, yeah. Now, so, as a medical student, this is many, many years ago now, I remember them going in there and taking a biter. I don't know if it's called a rongeur or something. They would just... Just, just a meniscal biter, a little but, different than a rongeur. Rongeur we use on bones. Okay. But, but, okay. But it, they were taking bites and said, "Oh, they're not going to miss it." Or, yeah. And they would take a lot of this out. Yeah. But that wasn't necessarily a good idea. Yeah. Was so it? historically, right? Someone comes in historically, thirty years ago, forty years ago. Okay. If someone tore their cartilage in their knee, the meniscus, we would make an incision and then take the whole thing out. Wow. Because we thought that's what was the right thing to do. Well, then twenty years passed, and those young. Now that happened when I was 18, and now I'm 38, I have a completely degenerative knee. Because now we know we need that in there. So, the so they've lost their shock absorber, more pressure on those exposed yeah. contact points, and it wears down. Yeah. So now what we do is if if that meniscus is torn, we can repair it. Obviously, it was you can created. Repair it. Yeah, obviously it was created and put there for a reason. So how, how can you repair something with very little blood supply? It doesn't heal yeah, well. That's a good question. So we either can repair it or we trim it out, like you just described. But okay. what we try to trim out is just the inner two thirds. The, the the blood supply in a knee comes from the outside. So this this okay. C shaped structure, all the blood supply actually comes from the outside. Comes from outside in. Okay. So if the tear is out here in this outer area where there's blood. We can, it we can, can heal. We can put suture across that and, and, and fix it. Because then the blood you can is right suture there. that. Yeah. Now, do you use a permanent suture? Yeah. The suture is permanent. There's a couple of different ways to do it. One, you can make an incision and pass that stitch and tie it down. Okay. Or we do what's called an all inside, where we actually use a device that goes across the, the tear. Okay. Goes across the tear and then it, 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 it squeezes it down. So we need well, it's to like, like like a like a twist tie or a, a pull the, tie it's, or it's, a it's staple a, or well, what, what are we looking south, at? It's a south tying knot. And, and okay. We can either tie the knot, we can tie the knot and, and slide the knot down to repair it, or it's a south tying knot. You just pull on it, tug on a little bit, and it it, it auto tightens. I used I used one of those on an appendix yesterday. Yeah, there you go. Yes. 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 Now, it tightens down. Now, or but if but, it, but you leave that suture in there and it's smooth enough. Yes. Yes. It does. And, and it's in the body to stay there. If it is good blood supply, sometimes the body can encapsulate that. So it smooths out over time. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. If it's in the this area here, what we call the white white zone, the inner two thirds where there's no blood supply. Okay. Sometimes we just trim that out. Now, as as our our technology's gotten better, we're seeing more and more uh, meniscus being being repaired through that area, that white white zone. If someone is younger, if if and you need blood supply. You need you need healing factors in there. And you hear right. that 
different ways to do that. PRP, you know, platelet-rich plasma injections. So you or, get some stem cells in there. There is a role for that? For sure. And, and we have a higher instance of the meniscus repair healing when we do an ACL surgery at the same time. Because we're causing so much bleeding in the, in the joint as we do the ACL reconstruction. I'll be there's darned. Auto, there's already blood in there to help heal that. So there, there's different factors that then help that, help that repair to heal. That's true in the uterus too. I won't go into it. It helps embryos <laughs> implant. Yeah, helps exactly. embryos implant. Sure. Believe it or not. For sure. When you, when you tidy things up, there, yeah. there's other benefits. Yeah. So you can fix it. Now, how would one injure the, the meniscus? Once again, one of these where the knee's getting pulled in a bad way or so an accident. Or a lot of times that meniscus injury, and we see it in guys our age that you know, bend down, and they're working on their car, you know, doing changing the air or doing something in the car, and they, they, uh -huh. they get up from that squatted down position. And what they'll do is it, it'll get caught and it'll rip. Oh, it's caught, bad angle, and then you tear it when tear. you're moving it up. Yeah. And so we see that bad on the way. football field. We see, or in, on the wrestling mat, where the knee gets put in a, in a difficult position, it gets twisted. And it's usually that twisted position then that causes this to tear. And, gotcha. the, and, the, and the athlete or the guy working on his car, it's not just athletes that tear it. Right. Anyone can tear it. We all have them. Right. It, you know, you'll feel a pop. Have pain, and then typically swelling because if it tears through that bloody area, it'll bleed and we'll get some swelling. Now, okay. then what the patient will then know, or the, the person will know that sometimes they can get, they'll be walking, their knee will lock up, or they'll bend down yeah. again to pick something up, and the knee locks. And a lot of times, that's because now the meniscus may, may flip up. Oh, you get tears like this. Oh, I, I don't like yeah. that. <laughs> And so can, that's and so can, that's what that could yeah. be, and then it's locked, or it, the knee will give way because when they're walking, it, it, that meniscus can move a little bit. It's torn. There's there's nerve fibers in there. You step on that that nerve or that that torn meniscus, it hurts, and your knee gives way. And you just guard and go yeah. go to the drop to the floor. Yeah. Now, how can you diagnose? Let's say you suspect. Yeah. Guy comes in. He stood up wrong. You suspect a torn meniscus or something. How can you diagnose that? Well, by examination, the majority of the time we can tell. And, and what we do- An we, experienced surgeon like you. Yeah, tell. with the great hands, right? <laughs> with the best hands. <laughs> well, what, what we do when we examine the knee is we can push on that joint line. So if that meniscus is, is, is torn, you kind of see where we, we've kind of drawn a tear in there. If that meniscus is torn and I push on it, so I can push on it through the skin, oh. and I'm moving it back and forth, you're going to feel that pain, right? So your exam is so focused, mm -hmm. you can say, I can push hey, I right on the joint line, and then I and that's that's just palpation of the joint line, and I can push all around to see is it is it sore here, is it sore so there? So an experienced orthopod like you can can actually f give you a a, a very specific yeah. likely then, location of the injury. And like with any, you know, then there's other other tests. We use a test called the McMurray test where we. We flex the knee up and we kind of twist it. And, it, and as we twist it, if that's torn and I'm catching it, sometimes you feel a pop. Patients are like, "Ah, oh, it hurts. Don't do that." I think you got a meniscus there. Confirmed gotcha. then by an MRI. You know, that's what I was trying to get to. Now that now that the incredible experience is 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 manifest, then you've got to confirm that. Right? Yeah. So you so we get an MRI. Yeah. We get MRI, we get x-rays and determine the, you know, the, the bony anatomy of the, of the joints. And so the there might be a role for a real, a plain old x-ray. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Different angles. For sure. And an MRI. Yeah, so what an MRI does, it allows us to, and I, MRIs are amazing. They use these magnet things that, <laughs> I don't know. I've had yeah, them. When my shoulder was bad, I, 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 I couldn't tell what it was, but I remember the, uh, yeah. the radiologist said, You've got a hot shoulder. It's yeah. like, well, because of this little thing here, this little thing here, and, and yeah. you guys can tell these things. I don't know the physics behind an MRI. I know the magnet turns on, and then the electrons displace, and they give off a signal. It flips the water one way, and then it flips unflips the, the other yeah, way, right? and, they, and they listen in. I don't know how they figure out. They're smart. Right? But anyway, They're smart. because I, as we know the anatomy, I know the anatomy, we can now look through the knee and understand all the process. So within an MRI, and I don't know if most of our patients, I usually take the MRI into the into the patient on my on my computer to, to uh -huh. review it with them. 
so they understand what they're looking at. So you can see small things, whether it's yeah, a millimeter, see, two millimeters. Our MRI of a knee is usually cut at about three and a half to four and a half millimeters. Okay. Every cut of that MRI is three and a half, four and a half millimeters or so. Okay, so you can see two, three Stop. millimeter injury. You can see. Yeah. And so, so you now put you know it together, where it is. and then then if you know the anatomy. And then you can then apply the anatomy that you know, and then look at the, the MRI, the advanced imaging, and then make that determination. Look, here's your tear. And so I can say, just like you, when you had your shoulder, right. I'm sure you're told you had a torn whatever. They and suspected. Then, and then here's why. And then here's right. why. Because we know the anatomy, and here's what the injury looks like. And we know that. And that's why you know, we can tell if the meniscus is torn. We can tell if the, the ligaments are torn. We, we can see fracture damage. We can see all that. And this is why it's so, so important. I. I I say this many times in many of these episodes, Bus, a physician extender can be wonderful for a sore throat or a cut or something, something might, but something like this requires a, a highly experienced physician yeah. that's been doing this for years and years and can make very accurate, proper and, and diagnosis. I think, you know, we, we use uh, physician extenders, APPs in, in our and our and and my daughter's one, and if she can examine a knee, and she does a, a really good job, and I, and she would I think defer. To yes, my, hey, hey, bus. I suspect blah blah yeah. blah, but then we we yeah. need these highly trained specialists, yeah, bus for, sure. for top notch yeah. care, and I'm just going to continue at lobbying and advocating for that every chance I get. <laughs> so, what is bursitis? Okay, so that's. Kind of all the intraarticular start. So if you put your your a bursa in in the body, okay, is where there's an area of high friction. Okay. Okay. You got you got a bursa on your elbow. Oh. You and I sit here all night long and have this discussion, and we're rolling our elbows back. Well, we might get a little swelling in our elbow because that bursa really because that it, there's an area of high friction, right? There's a right there as the skin runs across the elbow, right? Huh. So we're we're doing this a lot. We might do that, or we get down on the knee, and we're painting the the baseboards. Or right, whatever. you're on your knees. You get and up. It gets and tougher as I get older, bus. <laughs> right. Getting on my exactly. knees. They pay for something. Oh But the in the knee, there is a bursa that lives right across the front of the kneecap. It's called the prepatellar bursa. Put ah. your hand on your knee. Move your skin back and forth right across your knee. I'm doing that right now. I'm and, feeling it. There's and, the slippery and, layer. That's the bursa. The okay. Is allowing that 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 skin to roll back and forth there very slippery. So, I have I have patients that come in that they got a big water balloon on the front of their knees, not in the knee. It's on the top. And they, and so you can see this. It's a swollen water yeah. balloon yes. on the knee. And they bend and you go, oh, "What do you do for a living?" Well, I'm a plumber. Ah. I've been working on what the Jones's house, and I've been on my knees. I sure. I put my knee down on a rock, or did something like that. Right. Or I fell down in the snow, but didn't didn't happen this year. But right. I slipped on the ice and landed on my knee. I didn't tear a ligament, but it'll swell up. It'll swell up. Still and that's with fluid. Still with fluid. Same in the elbow. So you see it in the elbow. And I assume there's not much you do for that other than maybe what do you do? Ice well, it and, take, and, and take some pressure off there's it. There's a lot you can do. You can like what? Typically, what I would do is if you know you worry about getting an infection in there, you know, a, ah. a, a septic bursitis, which sometimes if you have fallen or a patient has fallen. And they cut the skin a little bit, have a little uh, nick, and then bacteria goes in there and feeds into that source and they get infected. That uh, that requires a surgical agreement. You gotta drain that out, yeah. clean it up, get antibiotics in there. Yeah. If if it's just a, a, a aseptic one, just someone's on the knees and they, they have this big burst, I will I'll put a, a sleeve over it, compression. Okay. You can drain it. We can put a needle in and, and attempt to drain it. Uh -huh. A lot of times, you know, it will come back because it's a it's a space there that will fill back up. So if we, sure. if we drain it, put a little steroid in there, and then put the compression on, allow that tissue to calm back down with some anti-inflammatories, you know, the steroid, and it can then squeeze down and, and then heal up. But it, it can be rather difficult sometimes. Wow. And, and if it becomes infected, we have to open up and, and drain it. Interesting. Now, I want to get into some real nitty-gritty now. Okay, sweet. The ACL. That okay. Is the anterior yeah. cruciate ligament. One of those X ligaments. And tell me if I'm doing this right. It, if your femur goes back. Yeah. Actually, if the tibia comes forward. The tibia goes forward. Okay, yeah. fine. All right. Tibia goes forward. 
that ligament can snap. Yeah. And I think that's the, is that the most common cruciate ligament? Is that more common yeah. than the posterior? Yeah, we, we see a lot more anterior cruciate ligament tears than posterior cruciate ligament tears. Uh, but but uh, so the the typical, you know, historically we always thought it was it was the, the football player running down the field, gets hit, turns and twists, and, and it's a contact injury. Really what we see more is the non-contact twisting injury. Okay. I'm a, I'm a defensive back on the field. You're running. You're the receiver. I'm backpedaling. You cut to make the, to make you know your route, uh-huh. and I stop, turn, and twist, and then I go down. And that's when it tears. So let's say we have an ACL. It's fully torn. Yeah. We have an athlete here, skier, snowboarder, yeah, or whatnot. For sure. Another thing, when I was a medical student, I remember that someone had had an artificial carbon fiber. Yeah. It failed. Oh, and it failed. It was splinters of sharp carbon there was this a, poor joint, and they were trying to get it out, and they were just disgusted yeah. with this this obviously inappropriate material. There was a, a time back, um, probably late 80s, in which they tried to use a, some sort of silicon or some sort of other source to reconstruct the leg. So let, let's go through that a little bit. Please tell me about ACL and how you... So the ACL is torn, this. and the way we evaluate, the, the, as I said... Oh, the, right here. And, ACL and, right here. The front of the tibial yeah, plateau to the back of the, yeah. of the femur. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. And, and, and so the, the athlete or the, the patient comes in. As you said, we just got through spring break, and there's a lot of folks around skiing in, in Wherevervale, and they have come here with knee injuries because they cross I'm grateful every time I come back in one piece bus <laughs> I don't know how many years I got left in me but uh well, I still got my come if you tear it. oh I know <laughs> another benefit for having orthopedic friends <laughs> yeah exactly um and so if it's torn uh the the, the patient the, when it happens the knee typically swells there's blood supply in there that injury you know we talked about energy so what happens is a lot of times when the, the, the as I said a the knee will pivot, oh. and as it pivots, there's this this moment here that it can it, it ruptures, right? And so what we see is we see bone bruises on the MRI because there's been such a high amount of energy okay. to cause this injury. And now we and this is torn, so we and there's some capsular injuries at times. So now we have bleeding, right? So the blood then fills up the knee. So it's going to hurt. Going to hurt. So somebody's going to know if they tore their ACL in half. I'm not talking partial tears. It's all the way gone. They're going to fill a pop. They're going to fill. I can't walk. If they do get up and walk, they'll feel some instability. Because now when they go to move, that that ACL is not there holding the knee in place. And so they're going to feel that. Okay. And so they come in. uh, Their knee is swollen. And they have some limited motion because it's now stiff. And we we do what we call uh, the Lachman test where we – I don't know if I can show you. Sure. Sure. we, we pull the, the tibia. You pull it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had a friend in Michigan, undergrad, his knee was blown out in, in the Rose Bowl. Oh. And he, his name was Mike. I'll leave it at Mike. And he would push his tibia out like that. Yeah. Because so, he could do it, right? Right. He could do it, right, right. Yeah, trick me. Hey, the trick me. Yeah. Trick me back when we were kids. Yeah. And that's the ACL there, right? And so yeah. we, we can assess the stability of the knee based on our examination. And, and what's yeah. nice is when I have my patient, I go to the, to the operative side and it goes, ooh, it's pretty loose. I go to the, I, or the injured side, and then I go to the, the side that's not injured, and I go examine their knee, and go, do you feel this? And a lot of times, what they feel, I always, I always do it as this, I, I kind of, you feel the end of that. Uh, oh, you, then it gets tight. It, it, when I, what I tell patients, the, the ACL is like a dog leash. So huh. Think to this. Oh, interesting. I'm with my dog. Okay. The dog's here. I got a three-foot leash, and a squirrel runs out, and my dog also will chase that squirrel down the tree as fast as possible. But if that if my leash is good and she tries to run after the squirrel, it will stop. Right? Okay, it gets to that point. The checker. It's a checker. It checks. It's checked. And okay. my dog leash tears, it breaks. My dog has gone ran across the street and, and, and right. treated that squirrel. Right. Right. So that's that's what happens. So I patients can feel the difference side to side. Oh, you feel that? You feel that endpoint? Boom, boom. It's, it's an endpoint. The, the leash is intact. I go to the other side. You feel that? I don't feel anything because it's torn. Because it's torn. So how, bus? Instead of these huge long incisions and using these horrible artificial fibers that don't work, and 
how how do you fix these nowadays? What is the state so of the art if yeah, ACL repair? Yeah. So if that's torn, um, and there's some some guys, Dr. Smith being one, that can sometimes will do a repair. I haven't quite bought into that quite yet. I think if the if that ligament is fully torn, it needs to be reconstructed. Okay. Reconstructed versus a repair. Repair means I just put it back together. Reconstructed is I use some other source to make a new ligament. Okay. So historically, uh, for in my career, I've used the, the what was called the patellar tendon, the bone. You used to dig bone. out a huge piece of tendon in Not the middle. Huge, ten millimeters. It looked big to me. Ten millimeters. When I was line. a medical student, it looked big, and you got these yeah. chisels. Right. So we, I would big I, hunk. Exactly. I would take right. a, a bit of the t the the patellar the patellar the, the kneecap. Yeah. A 10 millimeter strip of the tissue and a little bit of bone down here, called a bone, tendon bone. I would take that out. Strong. Yeah, exactly. And, and now I use I use a, a strip of the quadriceps instead of this. I switched to this about three years ago. Interesting. Um, and it really, both are really good uh, techniques. Other so it's strong use, and it's their tissue. It's their it's, tissue. It's not going to reject. That's correct. Well, rejected. and, and in, in soft tissue stuff, there's really no rejection of it. It's not right. much like transplant or tissue. We don't have those antigens on the... the it's certainly tissue. nobody else's viruses. That's correct. Well, there you go. Right. Exactly. And, and Prions. If someone's a little bit older or we can use cadaver tissue. And that, then so you can get this same tissue from a, a deceased person yeah. donor. If I if I tear my ACL tonight, I'm going to use a cadaver. Because okay. I'm older and I think I can get back to my recovery faster. If I use a cadaver and I don't interrupt my extension. And you're not injuring yourself yeah. for the harvest. Yes. But my 16-year-old football player from Rockbridge that tears, I'm going to use their own because, one, they, they're going to recover faster. Uh, and there, and there's a high 40% uh, incidence of a re-rupture using cadaver tissue in, in, in patients well, under the age of 25. 40%. So re-rupture. So if I okay. take someone under the age of 25 and I... And I use a cadaver tissue. I have a high incidence of, of re-rupture. And what would it be with their own tissue? It's it's less than ten percent. That's four times better. That yeah. sounds like a good decision. Then. Yeah. Now, older folks, I'm not out playing football on the astroturf or the, right. the, the artificial turf. I'm going to use a cadaver, and it's a little easier. And so, what we do then, once we've taken the graft, we prepare yeah. it, we we scope the knee, we make these little small incisions, little little stab wounds to put the scope in, and okay. I can look around all around. Okay. I, I remove the ACL. I remove the damaged one. Okay. We clean up a little bit of bone, kind of clean everything up. And then we drill tunnels. We have to get that graft up into the bone. Yeah. So you look, you, it's got to be anchored. Correct. Yeah, How do so, you anchor it here? So if you see the hole right here where the, okay. the ACL is coming out here, we drill very similar. We drill a tunnel here. I drill a tunnel into the into the femur and a little socket. That okay. I can, then I, I can pass suture through the bone, out the skin. Okay. I just feed the graft up into that socket, into that hole. So the graft goes up into this side, and then I pull the other graft down in here. How, now, how do you attach the suture to the graft? Is it yeah. just, do you so we special have, we have, knots? Yeah, yeah we, have special, we have special instrumentation that we can that we, we attach to this piece of, in this case, the quadriceps. Tendon. How do you keep it from tearing, not tearing through? It's a good technology. Yeah, it's a special it's a special tape system that, that we use that we wrap and we wrap it around it. It, it works very well. So you can attach that mm -hmm. suture, that anchoring suture to, to the tendon to the graft, securely. And then we dependably. Mm -hmm, and then we attach it, we drill a tunnel up through the, the femur. And there's a number of ways to fix the graft. You can okay. use it. It's called an interference screw. You have the tunnel. The graft goes up in there, and then you put a screw over the top of that. I've seen that. Mm -hmm. It's called I've, an interference screw. And that's strong enough? Yeah. It's like this. Here's how I tell patients. You just did, you have your sock drawer, and your socks are all in the wash, so you can open up your sock drawer, no problem. Right. Then you get your, your I you know the laundry, you hey. take all your socks, that's you stuff it in there, work. and you have to push your hand down to shut the drawer real fast, right, right, right. and then you can't open it because it's interference. So that's the, the sock drawer method. I love that's, it. That's that's interference fixation. The other way to fix it is through suspension, where we take the suture, pass it into the bone, and then we have something on the outside of the bone uh -huh. that suspends it, attaches to the bone, and holds it tightly. And that's an the anchor of some sort. Correct. And that's that's what I currently use with my quadriceps tendon. When I was okay. using bone tendon bone, I used the interference screw. Okay. So we have a number of different techniques to. to so use. it's a secure attachment. 
Yeah. How long does it take for that to heal? Um, so after surgery, after an ACL reconstruction, I keep patients in a brace for about six weeks. Okay. You start the physical therapy with the same day surgery, you come in and go home the same day. When you were talking same about a long day. time ago, oh, patients, would, patients would have the big whack across oh. the knee, have their knee in a cast, stay oh. in the hospital for long a time. week, and then right. go home with a stiff knee. Now, we send you home within about an hour after the surgery's over. You're I'll be good Go home. And the next day, I send you to physical therapy. We go get up, go into therapy. And, we start and they're going to, it's going to bend. They're going to do range of motion work. Really? Start working on the knee and get it, get the knee moving again, right? Assume there's inherent strength. And once it's anchored in there, I mean. It's, it's good. Now, what now? What I have to do and, and to wait to get these patients, these athletes back on the field or the court or their wrestling mat, right. you got to let it heal. Your question you just asked. Yeah, how does bone and ligaments so, don't have good blood supply? It, I heard it takes about it takes about. You know, I come out of the brace in six weeks. Okay. We don't let the patient go back to full athletic activity. You know, it's kind of debate. You know, the debate is six to nine months, somewhere in that area. So we, what we need to do is allow the body to incorporate the new graft, allow the blood supply to get in there, allow it to heal, allow it to attach to the bone, and then build up the muscles around the knee. Right. We want those muscles working again. Once the knee gets injured, the muscles around the knee will shrink up because they get atrophied and disused. From so the you got to keep the muscle strong too. Yeah. Because yeah. I see, not infrequently, football player A injures the ACL, and then it's that season. It's that season for ending sure, for sure. Yeah. But they come back the next year. Yeah. I mean, so you have this down. What Adrian Peterson did a number of years ago when he tore his ACL and came back the next year and rushed for over two thousand. Absolutely phenomenal. But he wasn't this Josie guy. He also well, came Dr. back. Smith he, did that surgery. He did Josie, right? Yeah, and he he had a bad injury. He had a number. He of he, he destroyed his knee, and, right? And you know, Doctor Smith's a great surgeon and got him back on the field and was able to return. And remember that he had that big long touchdown run and what? And it was like that is unbelievable. So yeah, kudos to Doctor Smith for that knee. Yeah, he did this shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you got a, a great group there. So what other? So you can do all that all through the scope now, and it's routine for you. Yeah, you can yeah. do an eight, uh, just another day in the operating room for you. Yeah, an ACL. Yeah, it, that's fun. I, I enjoy doing it. It makes sense. Now, how many hundreds of those have you done? Do you think? I've been in practice twenty-one years. Uh, probably do. I used to do a little more. I probably used to do close to eighty or ninety a year. We have more guys uh, doing in my group, and so my numbers have dropped down. I'm probably doing so, 40 or 50 a year now, maybe. So. Wow. So you may be getting close to 1,000. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's fantastic. So what other really cool surgeries, so Buzz, yeah. are you doing through scopes that, that 20 years ago was not? I tell you, one area, and in, in, in we talked earlier about dislocations, I think there are, you know, the, when the kneecap dislocates, the problem with the, the patellofemoral joint where the kneecap is, uh-huh. <laughs> it, there's a lot of stress that goes through that. Just, oh, I just, just to think standing, of the tons of pressure. From, standing up from the chair. Tension. Four to five times body weight. Right. I mean, if you're squatting hundreds of pounds, I mean, you've got tons of pressure going through. On so, there, right? It, and so we don't have a, when that happens, start getting arthritis in there, it kind of breaks down uh, and, it, and it's difficult. Or if you have instability in the, in the kneecap, uh-huh. Um, we have to we have to reconstruct that. One of the ways uh, that we've been doing here recently is we use much like the ACL, we can use a, a, a fake ligament or not a fake a, 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 another tendon sort or use a well, you know a hamstring tendon. We can re- reconstruct the ligament that's not demonstrated on here, but we can reconstruct okay. to keep the kneecap in place. I think that's been a new for young knees that dislocate. We now have another better way now to kind of help stabilize the, the kneecap. We okay. do that kind of a mix through the scope and through, and, and then with a small open procedure. Some of the other areas that you're seeing, that we're seeing across orthopedics, um, it, it is in, in the world of arthritis. Can we do some reconstructive? That, that's arth- one of the things arth- I wanted to talk yeah. about before I lose you, Bus. How do you resurface this? Yeah. I know there's a lot of controversy about what you can do about cartilage. Exactly, and 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 so when the articular cartilage breaks down, we talked about it earlier about restriction and that breaking down. Mm-hmm. What can we do to that? Well, we can take 
you can take little little dowels from around the knee and, and, and put that you, know, you take out a little dowel of tissue with with the articular cartilage on it and just kind of do a mosaic plastic. You get like a like a hair plug. Yes, exactly. You, you, you got a donor site mm -hmm. and you put it up there. Exactly. So you can put donor cartilage yes. in there. We can, I'll we be can darned. also, we can also, there's techniques with called ACI where you actually scrape some of the articular cartilage off, send it in, grow up articular cartilage, come back, and then create a little flap and then inject that in there. That, that can help heal it. Almost tissue engineering. Exactly. Um, you can also take, if you have a, con a contained lesion, small contained lesion. A, a lesion, for those of you at home, is, is an anatomical abnormality, a boo-boo. Yeah. Something yeah, a boo -boo. wrong, a boo -boo. not supposed to be there. That's what a lesion is. If we have a, an injury here uh, of the articular cartilage in the weight-bearing surface, what we can do, we can also use cadaver. We talked about cadaver. Someone who has who's passed and we have donated their parts, we can grab that tissue and, and then we can put that in there. Okay. Much, much. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Cadaver cartilage yes. can stay and be durable? Used in the right way. So if it's I'll in a. I'll be darned. If, if, and, and that's why I said contained. If it's a smaller injury, and we're not relying on the whole thing to heal, we're only hoping to rely on that little area, small area, 10 millimeter area, 12 millimeter, 14 millimeter, not, okay. not the entirety of that. Then it does, it, it can heal. And you can do that through the scope? Partly. You're Part. still probably going to want to make a small skin incision, open up the knee to do it in an open, but really make sure you have that well together. All right, so for that, you need to make a slightly bigger, in my world, be mini lap. A mini lap. Exactly. A mini lap. <laughs> mini arthrotomy <laughs> in my world. Mini arthrotomy. There you go. Yes. So you can get good cartilage on there. It can stick. It can be durable, yeah. and you can help symptoms. So... Is running bad for the knees, boss? You know, I think that's a great question. I, <laughs> because A, if you don't use it, well, if you wear something down, it's going to wear out, right? Yeah. But if you don't use it, you lose it. There's all these different conflicting ideas. And I know with cartilage, if, if it's, you got to keep it springy and hydrated because it makes its own fluid. Well, the, so the, it's, the a does, it's, a, yeah. it's a dynamic tissue, yeah. so you can't just... It just to sit be a couch potato, right? right, right. So, so is running good? So I'm obviously not built like a runner. I'm you're a bat, you're a baseball. By the way, the bus was a, uh, I think, uh, shortstop and second baseman uh, yeah. at the University at Kansas State. Yeah, be careful. I know, Kansas I know. State. We're in Missouri. Kansas the good, the State. The good school in Kansas. That's right. So you played baseball, which actually is explosive, uh, sprinting type motions yeah. Yeah. to jump around between the bases. So. Yeah, so tell and, me. And more. so just just so you know, I, I I played played three years at Kansas State, walked on, played three years, uh, never lettered, but it, it was a number of years later I realized that I wasn't the starting pitcher, I wasn't the starting shortstop, I wasn't you know, I was the starting nerd. Ah, because I got I got whenever I'm the I was a Big Twelve, Big Eight at the time, I was a Big Eight, I was a Big Eight classroom champion, so when. They needed to run. I, one of the athletes that was a high GPA to get an award for baseball. Ah, I was that guy. Ah, <laughs> I was the nerd. The I didn't have to go to study hall. All the other guys had to go to study hall. Now, nerd know. is a compliment nowadays, well, but I don't know if you're I'll keeping take, up with it. My fraternity brothers always called me nerd, so I, I'll take that. I'm, I'm a, a, I love Who became the orthopedic surgeon? <laughs> exactly. Right. So I was the team nerd, but that's okay. I, I, I own that. No, but So what kind of – I guess the more broad question is what kind of activities – are good for your knee? Are there activities I'm, you should avoid? I'm in um, the business. I'm in this business doing sports medicine to take care of athletes because if you come to me and your desire is to be a runner, your desire is to run a triathlon, okay. the Ironman, and you have something, I'm going to work really hard to get you back to what you want to do. Okay? And so I think the question you just asked, what's good for the knee? Well, what are you trying to do? You know, are you trying okay, to? Okay, so if you love you running, you love running. Okay. Yes, okay. okay. If that's your deal, well, let's figure out how to make it so that you can run and, and, and still fulfill that aspect of your life that I want to be a runner. Well, let's figure out how to do that. Let's figure out what we can do to make your knees be able to do that. Now, if you're super overweight and you, you know, weigh a lot, you're going to have trouble doing that. We're going to have to figure out a way to lose weight. Okay. Get the weight off. It really. Yeah, the knees can wear out. You know, you see a lot of the young 
females out running and they just run all the time. They're, they're, they're in great shape. They don't weigh a lot. They can run forever. And they can become infertile when they're underweight. I, I, <laughs> well, see, I, see, I see the other aspect. And there is that. That's yeah, a, there's a bunch of downsides. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. The, the, uh, but weight, you know, being overweight does cause a problem. You know, and I think, you know, um, there, but there's ways to do that. You know, I, um, <laughs> I ran, uh, one of my life stories is I ran the Dopey Challenge. Oh, what is the dopey done. challenge? Now you're, Please, you're intrigued, right? I'm very intrigued. So we, we're big, huge Disney fans. We, we go to Disney quite a bit. Okay. Uh, Disney is home for us. It's a, my daughter worked there for, for a semester. A cast we, member. She was a cast member. It's okay. awesome, right? We're proud of her. But the the we, we got into doing these these Disney events, run Disney. And you, know, you go down and you, and you do half marathons or 5Ks, 10Ks with Disney and you dress up and it's ah. Disney does it there. on the grounds on the Disney grounds yeah, yeah. So, the races are, okay so in 2020 pre-COVID right before COVID right yeah. shut the world down um, we did my wife and my youngest daughter and I did the did the, the dopey challenge the dopey challenge is you run a 5k on Thursday a 10k on Friday a half marathon on Saturday and a full marathon on Saturday. oh my god right? oh my god this is a thing it's dopey <laughs> that is so dope. I'm I'm exhausted just thinking about and, it. And so yes, I, I did lose. You know, I, I lost five toenails doing it. Um, wow. But what I did. Um, and you did I, it. Yeah, I only did it three years ago, and I'm 55. So I was you completed that. Yeah. Now I didn't. Wow. I didn't Hats all. off, man. Or ears I, off to you. <laughs> 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 uh, but I, what I did then is I ran a what's called the run walk method, the Galloway run walk method. So I ran the entire time. I walked the last eight miles of the marathon on day four because it was really hot. People were dropping everywhere around us. It's super hot down in Florida. But um, so I would I would run a minute, walk 30 seconds, run a minute, walk 30 seconds, whatever the common. Okay. I, would, I would set up in the entire run. I would do it that way, which is a great way to do it. Like I said, if I wanted to be a runner, how am I going to I, I can't go out and run without stopping. I, I'm just not that way. So you so found a regimen, you found, found something that worked so, for you. Yeah. So I think if, if you want to run, if you want to be a biker, in, in order to protect the knee, biking's really good. I, before we, Would you think biking's better than running for your yeah, knees? Yeah, for sure. I, I believe that. I, and it's I more used of a to, gliding. Yeah. And I used, to, I used to commute on my bike to work uh, uh, five years, uh, about five years I commuted. And, and uh, uh, it was awesome. Now I live in an area that's not safe to bike in at 4.30 in the morning, so I can drive Right, right, right. But, but biking's great. You know, I think yoga is great. I think anything for you to work as we age, as we get older, we still need to work on balance. The way to work on balance is to do upright activities, doing some. You don't need to be powerlifting. You don't need to be throwing up a bunch of heavy weight. You don't need to be squatting a bunch of stuff. But some weights with good form. Yes. Okay. Perfect form. Okay. Right, right. right and then right. yoga, I think, is really good. I think doing all that. And I think. Obviously, good nutrition and all the stuff you hear about, but I, but weight is a big thing. As we and 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 I'm not done a dopey since, but uh, if I were to go back, and I, I would first I would need to cut cut some weight and, and get back down into into running shape. So running shape. Mm -hmm. A question just came to mind, Buzz. I'm going to blindside you with this. Squats. Yeah. Everybody loves squats. Do no, squats? No, no, gets, no. Nobody gets loves squats. Come on, Gil. Nobody loves squats. Let's say squats are popular. Let's okay. Say, let's say the pendulum has swung towards squats. This is a constant debate. I want your opinion on it. You're squatting down. You take your knees to ninety, or you go all the way ass to the grass. No, I. I what is I, the best form? Where's the best depends, knee? It depends on. It depends on what what lift you're doing. Right. There's some Olympic squats where you have to get all the way down. If you're doing it just a squat with a squat rack, you really want to go to 90. Okay. If you have any sort of patellofemoral arthritis, I'm, yeah. I'm going to advise you not to go to 90. Even less. Go 45. Really? Because when you get down to that level, you're really okay. loading the joint. Now with weight on your back. You, oh, so, and, and it's so multiples. Go, and yeah. it's multiples. Don't go down all the way. Okay. I think squats are good. I think body squats are great. I think jump squats are good. I think... I think we do get caught up. You go CrossFit gyms, you go to some of these other gyms, and I'm a competitive guy. Right. I'm going to look at the guy next to me, and I'm going to go, oh, I cannot do him. Right. But he may be 30 years younger than I am. Right. I don't realize that because in my head I'm 18. 
right? Are, are we all? I think, I think that's a universal I truth. I don't yeah. understand my body, so I, I'm right. going to go. Do, I'm going to get hurt. So when CrossFit came out a number of years ago, first hit hit town. I had a lot of older folks, not older. I had a bunch of 40 year olds and 50 year olds show up my clinic with overuse injuries, oh. their other ankles or their knees or something. And yeah. They were, like, what are you doing? I'm doing CrossFit. Because in right, CrossFit, right, right. it's not like you and I working out together because oh, we're the same insanity. age. I'm working out with Hunter, and right. he's 18, and I'm not, and we're like trying, and I'm trying to compete with him. Yeah, it was incredible. It's, it doesn't work. You got to be smart. And, and you get in those gyms, and we want to be competitive. We got to be careful. And I, and I, and I, I love all that stuff. I, I mean, I love the, all the different weightlifting stuff around all the, you know, Columbia Strength, Kennedy. I love all the stuff that's going on around in town. I think overall, I think we're seeing a little uptick on, on, on people trying to be healthy. I think we're getting yeah. America's really obese right now, right? We're yeah. horrible. We're absolutely horrible. horrible. But there seems to be a sub a subset of people, particularly in Colombia. I, I don't know what it is. Every strip mall has a workout place. Yeah. I just saw some kind of boot camp thing. Yes. you yeah. can pay a drill sergeant to yeah. kick your ass. Right. And they've got the jazzercise and the hot works yes. and the spin and the Have yoga. you ever done hot works? I, I, my massage, I go for massages just two doors down where so I'm going to relax. I was with the, But I uh, did go in there when they were opening to see uh, it. I went in, uh, we were down with the Missouri wrestling team down at Tulsa at the Big 12 uh, championships the first part of March. And uh, uh-huh. Dr. Coach Smith and I and, and our athletic trainer, Mitch Sui, we... we between uh, after practice on the day before the tournament started, we went to Hotworks, and Hotworks is met. It's rowing, it's biking. Oh, it's, it's everything. It's got a little torture chamber, in a, a wooden torture in a chamber. sauna, in a sauna. And we step everything in. Everything you want to do. Gal flipped it on. It's 125 degrees. I, I, I love hot yoga. I love all hot stuff. I'm like, well, this is really good. It kicked my butt. <laughs> It was I'm bad. not putting him down. I think I'm just a little too old for it. It looks like a neat concept. I so. love the con- I feel like I'm like going to work out in a microwave and I should not have to work yeah. out for an hour. I can get it done in like 15 minutes. Microwave <laughs> 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 workout. Oh, I love that. I love that. So, Bus, as we wind this down, can you tell me, are there any just miraculous stories, somebody that you thought, Gee, that knee is shot. There's no way they're gonna they're gonna snowboard again. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I told you the story about my my one uh, patient athlete that did the Ironman. The Ironman. Any um, any other stories out there where you said, you know, this person doesn't have a, a, a shot in hell, but I'm gonna try. I'm gonna put. And then this person came through the other side. They did their rehab. They they did did all the things they had to do. How can you think of any particular case that was particularly gratifying for you? You know, I think there, you know, and I, in my career, I, I've taken care of a lot of patients. I, and I'm super blessed that my patients, when they come to see me, I'm going to motivate you to, I'll do my job, you do your job. In fact, I have the easy job. I mean, it's, what I do is rather easy. I, that's easy to do. You have the hard job as a patient because you have to work through all the reasons. Yeah, you got to do the work. And, and so, I, you know, I think a lot of my patients, have that ability. You know, I've taken care of multi-ligament injuries. I got athletes uh, from all around that have, you know, ha- have gone through surgery. I've got, you know, recently just took care of a guy that was at, you know, some of these semi-pro football leagues. You know, he's an older guy trying to, you know, still stay young and play. And he, you know, blew out his knee, and and we we worked on him. And look, if those guys, yeah, I want to get you back on the field, but you also have to go back to work because you're raising your you're married, you're raising your kids. Yeah. So I, you know, I think, you know, I don't, nothing jumps out of my head. Of, but uh, but just as I think through my career, you know, all those patients have come in, and, and I'm humbled that they would allow me to take care of them and take them through this horrible injury. Right. And, and I I see myself is not not only the physician doing the work, the surgeon doing the work. I'm I'm right alongside you working through it. And I think patients can get good outcomes if they spend the the energy and the effort to to do it. We we can get patients through these big. I mean, there's a lot that can go on. We we talked about there's sure. a ton of stuff that can go on in the knee. It takes hard work, diligence, and an attitude to get up and do the exercise and the and the rehab to do it. I think that that what's hard is when you have young athletes. I mean, I, I don't have to. I'm unfortunate. I have in my career. I've had the, the patient where you, 
to look at the x-ray. Oh, there's oh, all oh, that. Yeah. But I'm a sports guy. I don't, you know, I have that story in my, in my background. And then I have a gal that, that did show up one time and had that, had a big, came in with her knee hurt and had been seen by a physician in Kansas City. I'm not sure what they were doing, but she showed up. I got an x-ray and she had bone cancer. Osteosarcoma. <laughs> and I remember going, holy crap. Yeah. And I looked and I was behind in my schedule. I'm like, I need to spend some time with her. And, and went in and talked her through it. And uh, big tumor, young gal. Called over to St. Louis at the time where I, I send my 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 bone tumors and stuff, and, and talked to a guy there. Um, she was from Jeff City, just moved back from the Kansas City area. Her parents lived in Jeff City. She called her parents in Jeff City. We got her over to St. Louis that day to see wow. the, the college, the, the, the tumor doc. You made a call. You made, made it happen. You opened the door. And I tell you, I tell a story. And, and please, she uh, several years later, after that, you know, I've seen her back as a patient. She's doing great. Uh, so we save the limb. Save, save the limb. She had big surgery. Save the limb. But I have on my desk, in my place where I have different things on my desk at the office, I have a letter from her yeah. thanking me for taking care of her. Right. So when the world is upside down and craziness happening, healthcare has gotten much harder now than it used to be, just because the nature of healthcare. Right. When those days happen. I get to go up and pull out the letter. I pull that letter out quite a bit, and I go, yeah. "Okay, I'm doing the right thing." I'm here for the patient. I'm here to help. And, and thank you for thinking me because it, it does those long hours, those, those many nights that you think mm -hmm. about it. And you, you have those same stories. You have about 6,000 pictures on my wall that yes. tell me the same thing. Yeah. And, and yeah. we get the opportunity. Healthcare is awesome. I would never turn anyone away from healthcare. Both my daughters are in healthcare. And I would never turn away because we have the opportunity to come along people when they're down and in a bad place and help them along and get them through that. Now, I'm. I don't have to take care of tumor patients. Like I said, I, I have the job sometimes of telling a 16-year-old athlete from the high school, your season's over, you're Tory racing. Yeah. You're, it's your senior season. You never play football. There goes the scholarship. Yeah, right, right, right. And so I had a kid one time, a young kid, uh, I think it was down near the lake area. I think it was one of the maybe Hamilton or summer. Came in, he had torn his ACL. I went, ah, oh, he tore ACL. And I walked back in. I go, buddy, tore your ACL. We're going to have to fix this. And he got super upset with me. Stormed out of the room. And his parents sat there in a gasp. Like, they were so embarrassed that he would do that. And I said, hmm. don't worry. We'll figure it out. It's okay. I understand. I, I played I ball. was 16 once. Yeah. I, Good for you. I appreciate his passion. I, I love it. And so he stormed out of the room. And he, they came back a week or two later. And we fixed him. And he ultimately went to Missouri Valley College and played college ball. And I just remember that kid, and I and I made fun of him, and, and I <laughs> and I've since seen him as, for another issue. And I go, you remember that day you stormed out of my face? <laughs> yeah, you know. So yeah. And you're all best buddies now. And now we're all best buddies. Right? That's fantastic. Well, boss, what a, a a I have learned so much here. This has been a very very special conversation. It really is an honor and a privilege uh, being a physician and having people yes. trust us to to improve their lives, turn their lives around. I've had a wonderful time learning about the knee. I know you can put telescopes in other joints. Yeah. So maybe in a future time, will you come back and we can talk about other yeah. injuries to other joints in the body that to. an orthopedic surgeon like you can fix? I would love to. Thank you so much. What a pleasure chatting with you, Buss. Have a great Thank day. You. Yes, Thank you. Thank you.